As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to our home group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad you have joined me. And tonight I'm sitting here with some of my favorite people in the whole world, Denise Renner, Paul Renner, and Joel Renner. But where is Philip Renner? He is in America doing his ministry. And I'm proud of him for being there. Me too. He is really doing what God has told him to do, and we're doing what God has told us to do. But I want to welcome Denise and Paul. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad that I am among the favorite, along with Mama. I'm glad that she's also among the favorites. We're one of the favorites. Yes, but we're also very <laughs> glad that we can be with you. It is definitely a privilege to spend every evening with you. Thank you for joining in. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. If you have not been to Renner.org, please visit Renner.org. There's a lot more available for you there. And Joel Renner. And I'm so excited to be with you tonight. <laughs> We're going to have fun studying the Bible. And yes, I'm imitating someone in the room. I think you're imitating me, Joel. Yes, it's good to imitate your parents when they're good examples. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say it's an honor to be with you guys and study the Bible together. What else is the best thing to do to study the Bible? Well, I have to say I really do get excited to be together with our home group. I look forward to this every single night. And when home group is over... I read all your comments. I really do. Sometimes it's hundreds, and I read every single one of them. doesn't take me very long, but I feel that if you're going to take the time to write a comment, I need to take the time to read what you say. And I learned so much from your comments. And by the way, if you have a prayer request, you can send that to us too. Just write to us, prayer at render.org, or you can even call us 1-800-742-5593. We want to hear from you. And if you have to leave a message, please do. We will call you back. But I promise you, when you contact this ministry, you'll get prayed for. We are really serious when it comes to the issue of prayer. But today we have a little show and tell. What is that sitting on the table by Paul and Joel? Right. This is a globus. Uh, it's called globe. A in, globe. Thank in you. English. It's a globe. And, you know, Russian and English, sometimes they get, they get all mixed with this. It's a globe. Of course, it's the map of the world. And it has a little Aeroflot sign right Wait, there. Wait, what is Aeroflot? Aeroflot is the Russian, Russian airline. Airline, yes. At one time, it was the largest airline in the world. And it's made of gel. Gel is a Russian porcelain that's made in the city of gel, which is not so far from Moscow. It's typically white and blue, typically like almost 99% of the time. Actually, it's really a collector's item because gel is fabulous. It's very decorative. It's very whimsical. Gel is always fun. Who would ever imagine a globe made out of porcelain? But the reason we brought the globe tonight is not to talk about porcelain, but because it's a map. And tonight, and every night this week, we're going to talk about apostolic ministry. Apostolic ministry is ministry that happens on the front line in faraway places. And that's why we brought the globe tonight. But I want to offer you my brand new series. It's called Apostolic Ministry. It's five parts. The back of it says, what did the word apostle mean to the early church? We're going to talk about that tonight. What are the exact recognizable signs of an apostle? What is an apostle's role in the end time church? These are really important questions. And it comes with a study guide. 
And this week we're continuing to offer you my book called Chosen by God. If you've not ordered this, why not? You need to order this book. You need to add this to your reading plan because it will encourage you to embrace what you have been called by God to do. And my friends, God has chosen you. But hey, let's dive into our subject. Are you ready? We are ready. All right. You said something interesting just now. What did I say? You said, what is the role of an apostle in the end time church? Uh, I'm assuming that the time of the apostles, most people say the time of the apostles, the apostle church, uh, you're you're saying that there could be apostles today? Well, that's exactly what we're going to see tonight. Mm -hmm. But here's what we're going to cover this week. Are you ready? Ready. Tonight, we're going to talk about what are apostles. I'm going to warn you that tomorrow night, We're going to talk about Apostles Are Foundation Layers. On Wednesday night, we're going to see every person called an apostle in the New Testament. I think you're going to be quite surprised because it's more than you think. Then we're going to see that apostles are relational and geographical. And finally, we're going to see the biblical proof of apostleship. But apostles are found primarily the most important verse, what I call the anchor verse for this teaching, is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse Verse 11, 11, where the apostle Paul writes, and he, speaking of Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And by the way, that word some, every time in Greek it means and some indeed. It's real emphatic. Indeed, he really did give apostles. He really did give prophets. He really did give evangelists and really did give pastors and teachers. But at the very top of the list, it mentions apostles. What is an apostle? Well, I think there's a lot of confusion today about what is an apostle. And if you open the pages of some ministry magazines and popular publications, it looks like everybody is an apostle. People call, it seems to me like everything that moves, an apostle. For example, people talk about such and such is the apostle of finances. Somebody else will say, well, another person is the apostle of praise and worship. Somebody else will say, well, I know somebody who is an apostle of faith. Or somebody who is the apostle of prayer. Is there really such a thing as an apostle of prayer? an apostle of faith, sounds good. an apostle of finances or apostle of praise and worship. Sounds good. But is that real? Is that correct? The answer is no, it no. is not correct. Simply because you're mixing gifts when you say that. You're not mixing gifts, you're mixing terms. Terms, but also like prayer, faith, healing. Those are gifts that God gave to us and we can use or not use. But God gave the church apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. That's a little bit different than gifts that ta- or gifts or talents that He gave you. We're talking about callings, specific well, callings. When people say that such and such is the apostle of finances, they're trying to be very honoring. They're saying this person has really been a trailblazer. This person has been a pioneer in his field. Well, then say that. Mm-hmm. Say he's been a pioneer. Say that he's been a trailblazer. If a person has really been a leader in prayer, they call him the apostle of prayer. Then say he's been a pioneer. Say he's been a trailblazer. He's really led the way. But don't call him an apostle. When you misuse words, 
you dilute them, you ruin them, you muddy the waters. And if you call everything that moves an apostle, then suddenly it's not special to be an apostle. You really dilute the power of what that word means. Mm -hmm. But this is not a new problem because in the New Testament church, many people were claiming to be apostles who were not. Now, I think that most people today who say they are apostles and they are not are very sincere. I think they're really sincere. They just don't know what an apostle is. And when you don't know what something is, then you kind of confuse the terms. You use the terms wrongly. And that is why it is so very important that you understand what these terms mean. Mm -hmm. Well, Denise and I grew up in a church where we didn't even believe in apostles. We thought the apostles died at the end of the apostolic age. And we thought that it was wrong to call somebody an apostle. In fact, we even thought it was arrogant. How arrogant that somebody would think he is an apostle. We thought that somehow it was an insult to the 12 disciples if somebody claimed to be an apostle. And so many denominations threw away the word apostle and they started using the word missionary. Missionary or well, bishop or archbishop. Missionary. Missionary. Missionaries sometimes are apostles and sometimes they are not. Sometimes people just go on a short-term mission trip. That does not make them an apostle. An apostle is a completely different category. It is so very important that the Apostle Paul defended the use of this word. He defended his apostleship. And there were false apostles claiming to be apostles because they understood how much power was attached to that word. And today, people have generally lost the meaning of the word apostle. And people generally say, well, an apostle is one that is sent. Well, you know what? That just doesn't mean anything because we're all sent. Missionaries are sent. If I send you to witness to somebody, does that mean that you're an apostle? We're all sent in some way. So just to say an apostle is a sent one, that's pretty weak. So let's find out what the word apostle really means. It is a Greek word, apostolos. And it is a compound of two Greek words, the word apo. The word apo means away. It carries the idea of a separation. The word stello means to send. Well, if you just put those two words together, it does seem that it means to send away. To send away, it almost seems like it means to dismiss somebody in a bad way, but it doesn't mean that. The second part of the word stello is really from the word stolos, and listen to what the word stolos means. This is important. The word stolos depicts a military expedition. Oh, that's important. That tells you something very important about an apostle. It describes a military campaign or a military tour. It pictures armed forces such as an army, a navy, or a military entourage, and it lets us know that apostolic ministry is front line ministry. It is a military expedition that ventures into new territory to crush the enemy. That's what apostolic ministry is. Apostles are highly trained and gifted individuals sent out with the power of God to drive back the enemy and to take new territory. And what else is very interesting is that this word apostolos appears 70 times 79 times in the New Testament. In the Old Testament Septuagint, it appears 131 times. And if you use all mentions of the word 
apostolos in the Bible more than 700 times. So it's not a word that we don't know about. It's there if you know that it's there and you know how to use it. But at first glance, it seems that it's denoted one that was sent away. But no, 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 it's not right. It's one who was empowered and dispatched. And he was sent to frontline ministry, which is why we have a globe on the set tonight, which means apostolic ministry does not happen where there's a bunch of Christians that are comfortable with each other. That's not where apostles work. Apostles are on the cutting edge, frontline territory. They have been sent where others do not go or where others don't often brave. They are always on the front. That's very important. That is in the word apostolos. That's very foundational. So it means you're not going to find many apostles in a city where there's a whole bunch of churches and no virgin territory. You're going to find apostles out on the edge somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's why sometimes apostles are called missionaries because they're out front where normally you would find a missionary. It doesn't mean that every missionary is an apostle, but that's probably where you're going to find most apostles. Hmm. Is that helpful? Yes, it's very helpful. Why is that helpful? Well, I don't think I've ever heard anyone explain it that way, but when you go back to the life of Apostle Paul, it makes perfect sense. And all of a sudden, I can think of other famous missionaries that went places where no one had ever been before. And by going there, by preaching in places where no one had ever been before, they provided opportunities for other people to follow them. That's right. They blazed a trail for others. And that leads us to the most important meaning of the word apostle. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready, home group? The word apostle. And by the way, all of this is in the brand new series called Apostolic Ministry. The word apostle, the Greek word apostolos, its primary meaning in the ancient Greek world, and of course it's a Greek word, was used during the time of Demosthenes, who was a writer, classical writer, and he used it to describe, are you, are you sure you're ready? Ready. The admiral of a fleet of ships. It wow. was a naval word. It was a naval word. Now, we have carried it into the New Testament to describe something spiritual, but why did the Holy Spirit choose this word? Well, you have to go back to where it comes from to know why he chose it. The word apostolos described the admiral of a fleet of ships. But it wasn't just any fleet of ships. There were lots and lots of ships. But an apostolos admiral was a very specific admiral because he carried in his fleet specially trained workers who are trained at construction, architecture, education, civil life, and they traveled as a group and they only traveled to virgin territory. Is that amazing? And when they would finally arrive at virgin territory, the admiral, who was called the Apostolos, would command for everyone on those ships to disembark onto the land in the virgin territory where they would begin to civilize the local natives. And they didn't just civilize the local natives, they began to colonize. If they were Greeks, then they brought their Greek culture to the new land. Their goal was to build roads, to build buildings, to educate the local people, and to replicate their Greek life in a new place. That was the primary meaning of the word 
apostle. Well, if you carry that into the New Testament, look at what apostles did in the New Testament. They were admirals in the church. Mm -hmm. They were the ones who carried the life and the culture of the church to new territory. And if you look at apostles in the New Testament, you never find an apostle alone, except once that I know of, and that is the apostle Paul when he ended up in Athens by himself for a relatively short period of time, but he wasn't alone for very long. Apostles always travel with others. Apostles never do work by themselves. They travel with a team that is trained with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and others that are gifted to do what they cannot do. And when they arrive in a new territory, working together as a team, it's called five-fold ministry, they begin to replicate the life of the church, the language of the church, the culture of the church, among people that never knew God, and they established the church in a brand new place. That was the primary meaning of the word apostle. So when you see a real apostle, number one, he's not a loner. An apostle is usually a person with very bold faith because he has to go where others don't go. He's willing to do what others are not willing to do. And an apostle is a team leader. This is essential. He doesn't do it all. Just imagine if an admiral had tried to go with that whole fleet of ships by himself. That would have been ridiculous. He couldn't have done anything. He had to go with the team. A real apostle knows how to connect to a team. Mm -hmm. He is the team leader when he arrives. And then... As soon as the culture was established, as soon as the colony was established and life in other places had been replicated in the new place, the apostle didn't stay there because his job was done. So he would leave there, those who needed to stay, and he would take the other members of his team and guess what they would do? They'd get back on their ships. And the apostle would take his trained workers and they would sail on to virgin territory to do it again. That's what an apostle did. And if you look at the work, for example, of the apostle Paul, what did he do? He was coming to new places all the time. He came with Barnabas. He came with Titus. He came with Silas. He came with Timothy. He was always with a team. And with his team, they came, they preached, they drove back darkness, they established the church, they ordained elders, they got everything in order. And just when everything really began to come together, that's when they would board up on their spiritual ship, so to speak, and they would sail off to do it again. You see that he did it in Corinth. When they were finished in Corinth, they moved on to Ephesus. After Ephesus, they moved on again because that's what they were anointed to do. So apostles have a ministry that lasts in one place for a short period of time. Then they move on to do it again. Did you guys got it? Did you yeah. learn anything new from that? I did, but I'm about to blow your socks off. Okay, tell me. Because Joel Renner is about to get out a Greek dictionary of his own. All right, do it. Okay, so I'm going to read out of my Greek dictionary. Okay, please do. Mm. An apostolos, <coughs> one sent as a messenger or an agent, the bearer of a commission or a messenger. And as you were saying that this was an admiral, mm -hmm. went to different areas of the world to replicate the Greek culture. I thought about Captain Cook. He went all over the globe and discovered islands. He discovered Australia, and he replicated a lot of things from the British Empire there. And that's what I thought of whenever you explained what the Greeks would do with their culture. They would go all over the world, sending a message, replicating themselves in other areas, colonizing 
what they do in Greece. And that's what I thought of, of Captain Cook and how he would discover areas for the British Empire. That's very good, Joel. What I thought of was the heart of God because the heart of God would put gifts out there in men and women to that that's what they do, that they go out. They don't stay, they don't stay in behind and build, but they go out and that it's the gift of God. It's not the choice of that man or that woman. It's the gift of God acting in them. And it's the heart of God behind that gift. Well, it's the will of God for some people to stay behind, Denise. Let's be clear about that. Some people are supposed to stay put. But apostolic people... I'm talking about apostles. I just wanted to be clear. But apostles are the ones that are sent forth. God has a heart for those who stay, and God has a heart for those that go. So I want to be clear about that. But apostles are those who go, and that's what Denise is talking about. I think it's amazing. It's a special grace. And the Apostle Paul describes it a little bit differently in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, he says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me... He's talking about his grace, and of course he is an apostle. He says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. He was a foundation layer. He was a starter. Then he said, but another builds thereon. He never stayed long anywhere. He came, he pushed back the forces of hell with his team. He laid the foundation, and once the foundation was complete, it was time for somebody else to move in and begin to build on top of his foundation, and for him and his team to board up on their spiritual boat and sail off to the next virgin territory to do it again because that is what an apostle does and that's why a globe is here on this set tonight. Paul? Well, when you talk about building, uh, <clears throat> I'm in the process of building a house right now and just a few years ago, I laid the foundation for my house. Well, before I, had, I could even lay the foundation for my house, first I had to choose a plot. And then I had to take out all the trees that were in the way. And after that, I had to move some dirt. I had to move some dirt that was in the way, and then I had to start digging. And then once I was done digging, I had to start bringing in materials. And when you're done moving the dirt, when you're done taking out the trees, when you're doing, and, and you, have a, you have an idea about what this is going to look like when it's done, although you can't see the house, you can't see the the layout of the way things will be in the future, you can't see it yet. Right now, it, it looks kind of messy. It's actually kind of ugly, and there's so much stuff you have to put in the ground first. But the person who's laying the foundation, he has an idea of what it's going to look like. And when the builder gets to work, and then when finally the homeowners move in, they're so surprised that it looks all so beautiful. But the person that laid the foundation, he may never see what it eventually turned out to look like. Mm. But he knew what would happen, and that's why he was the one who built the foundation. He had a vision. But before you have to build, you have to choose a place. You have to move so much out of the way. And when you say push out the forces of evil, it takes work. You know, apostolic anointing is a very special anointing. And that's why we need to be very careful that we don't diminish it by misusing this term. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm very grateful for people that are leaders in prayer, and leaders in faith, and leaders in finances. Amen, we need them all, but that does not make them apostles. You can be a leader and be at home in any of those topics. But if you are looking for an apostle, it's going to be somebody who is out front 
going where most people don't want to go. I'm going to show you this in scripture as we go on further. The Apostle Paul says, he worked where no one else worked. He went where no one else went. He was very careful about it. He knew that apostolic ministry was frontline ministry. And I'll just say the truth. I don't know many apostles. Now, that will shock a lot of people. But, I've got, you know, I'm always honest with you on home group or on my daily TV program. I don't know a lot of apostles. I know a few, but I don't know a lot. And it bothers me when you open these magazines or sometimes you watch Christian TV and here's the apostle of this, the apostle of this, the apostle of this, the apostle of this. My friends, it's just not that way. It's not that way. I know apostolic ministry. And most of the people who claim to be apostles are not. They're sincere people. They just don't really know what it means to be an apostle. If they really understood from a biblical viewpoint what it meant to be an apostle, they would know that they don't qualify. If you just understand the term, it already answers a lot of the questions. Mm -hmm. But we're just barely getting started on what it means to be an apostle because there is a lot more. There's actually four primary meanings about what it means to be an apostle, but this is the foundational one. So it's from the word apo, which means away. It carries the idea of a distinct separation. The word stolo, which means to send, but it's from the word stolas, which depicts a military expedition. And so here we see like a military expedition. It's going to happen to drive back enemies, to crush the enemy. It's a military operation to take new territory. And it is the word for an admiral of a specific fleet of ships. And that admiral was the team leader. He did not do it all. Even an apostle cannot do it all. That's why you never find the apostle Paul working by himself. He always works with a team. An apostle, however, is the team leader. And like Paul said, he has the vision for what needs to be built. He clears out the trees, clears out their rubbish, pushes back the dirt, pushes back the darkness, begins to lay the foundation that usually then moves on and somebody else builds on top of his work. Now that's all foundational to what is an apostle. Did you guys learn something tonight? Oh yes, I did not know the word apostle meant admiral. That was something new to me. That is really one of the most well-known meanings of the word apostle. It's the admiral, but not just any admiral. It's important that you understand that it was a specific admiral of a fleet of ships filled with builders. And they only went to virgin territory. They were not on a pleasure cruise. They went to virgin territory with the intent to replicate their culture and their language in a new place. They were colonizers. And so a real New Testament apostle brings the life and the language of the church to a brand new area and begins to build it and replicate it. And when he's finished, then usually, not always, but usually he moves on with his team to do it again. And this is verified over and over and over in the book of Acts. But we're out of time. But when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see the next three meanings of the word apostle. And I think you're going to be quite surprised. But if you need prayer, please write to us, prayer at render.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. If you have a question about apostles, send us your question. I'd love to hear what you're thinking, and be sure to write down your comments on social media so I can see them tomorrow. But thanks for being with us tonight. Sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye.
If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.